Hello and welcome to another edition of the 13th Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Blum, and this is episode number 379. We're getting up there. I have to do something special for 400. That'll be in about, uh, let's see, 20, it's about sometime in the middle of the winter, I think. Well, half a year, I think, something like that. So that, a little bit of a time for that, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do for that. That'll be interesting. So we have a couple of things uh, to discuss today. I thought, I was just looking to see if I'd had talked about this before and it's something I've been meaning to finish Sometime a while ago, I don't remember when, I started working on a what I called a 13th hour movie poster. By that I mean it's a it's well, I guess just like it sounds, it's a poster uh that is meant to give you an idea what the movie is about. And if you think about uh a lot of movie posters, particularly the ones I think from the 80s, they had a lot of elements of the movie all in one, and many of them were hand drawn, like the artist Drew Struzan uh d- did and I think still does uh, a lot of these i don't know if he still does them but he, you can see them on his website and you know in social media they post some sometimes you know like the raiders of the lost ark one you know ones like that he did a bunch of them for like indiana jones back to the future so many uh great iconic movies you know uh and uh the poster is meant to spark interest for the movie and give you an idea maybe what the movie is about i remember looking at a lot of these posters when i was creating the most recent cover of the 13th hour just because i wanted to see if there was something in the way they drew those posters uh, or 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 depicted the film that kind of gave you a sense of what it is and sometimes there really isn't um but it still creates the overall feel of the film film um sometimes people don't uh, like the rocketeer movie poster uh, or at least the the original one which is art deco it's the one that's found on some versions of the, like the VHS or DVD uh, uh, cover. Um, some uh, the soundtrack I have, which was the one done by James Horner, is on the it's on the CD. Some people don't really like it because it it's well it's Art Deco, um, which doesn't necessarily uh, appeal to everybody, and it shows a, a very stylized person. You think it's a person flying through the air, or at least a side profile of someone who seems to be kind of rocketing through the air, but you can't really tell. Um, there's another version of the poster that uh, is more uh, concrete. And so I personally really like the Art Deco version. I think it's very stylized. I think it it's mysterious and you wonder like, oh, what's that? Um, but I guess if if you're more literal and you want things kind of more spelled out, you might prefer the other version. I, I personally, there, there's a couple different versions of, for example, the Rocketeer poster. And often there's a couple different posters that are made, I think, you know, to appeal to different audiences. But uh I think it does does give you a sense about like, you know, what they were conceiving the movie as, you know, the way they advertise it. Uh, and uh, if you're, for example, in the Rocketeer example, if you're a fan of the 1930s and that sort of thing, like you might, you know, like see the Art Deco font and the 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 way it's it's come out, almost like a something you would see on, you know, um, a poster of that time or almost like a stained glass window or something like that. And you'd be like, oh, well, I want to check that out. I don't really know what it's about, but I want to check it out. Um, if you saw the more literal one where it shows like the characters um, in, in, in you know, uh, the, the profiles of them and, you know, the action scenes, explosions, you'd be like, oh, it's an adventure movie. You know, you kind of know what it's about. You see a flying man, you're like, I like rocket packs. I want to see that. You know, so, you you know, that I think that part of it is always exciting uh, especially before you had access to the internet, you just had your imagination. And so 
I thought for this one, I would try to do uh, a little more literal of a poster. So when I did the, and all the times I've done the 13th hour kind of cover ideas originally, way back when, in when I was just finishing high school, I did a very like almost stylized cover and it had an infinity symbol on it. And it's actually in the inside sleeve, uh, inside cover. It still is that. And that's the, what I did. I was kind of influenced, I guess, by very simple designs. Um, and I was, maybe I was thinking of like the never ending story, which in, in at least in the movie, uh, is a, a leather bound book and it has the, uh, that little, um, what is it called? The Orin, I think, which is the intertwining snakes, uh, on the cover. And that's it. And it just says a never ending story, which, you know, you don't know what it's about, but just by the title and, and the way it looks, you're like, oh, wow, this is a, this is an old book. It must be, a, it's probably a fantasy story. And I don't know if they've ever released the, uh, the book, the, the original book like that, because that was a movie that was done for the movie. And, uh, the author, Michael, and I don't think it was terribly, it was a terrible, um, it was terribly fond of the movie. Uh, I think went so far as to say it was, it was, uh, it was not his vision at all. So I think that's uh, unfortunate in many ways because I think the um, uh, the movie did a lot that the uh, the book couldn't do, uh, and as all movies do. But you know, vice vice versa, the book is uh, is great in a um, in uh, for for all the things that books can do. And I have to reread it. Maybe I'll do it on the show. But uh, I I don't think it's ever been released quite in that way. So I do actually have a copy of the Neverending Story. The books, totally an aside. That actually has a still from the movie on the on the cover. So so it wasn't a total like uh, it, that may have been a publishing choice. I don't know. Like when the, when a movie comes out, they're like, oh, now a major motion picture, and they try to get some sales off of it that way. But I thought for for this one, this would this this particular poster, and I was trying to look back and see if I had talked about this before. I don't think I did, but if I did, it was in a it was probably in a different context, but um, I uh, decided I was going to do characters on the front and scenes from the book, uh, as opposed to what I've done before. As I mentioned, more stylized versions or more like weird ones, like the one, the one, the current one of the Thirteenth Hour, is Logan uh, in a uh, sunlit cloudscape doing a, like a backflip on a, <laughs> on his hoverboard lightning, which is very weird. I don't know why I chose to do that because. People looking at it without knowledge of what it is is like, why is this guy upside down? Why is he like arching his back in the air on this flying ironing board? I don't know. I I, I like the cover and I like the way it came out, and um, but I don't think it necessarily gives you an idea about what the book is about. But I think the uh, I was going for more like feel. So it has a sphere, which is kind of like the book has these these. Um, sections where these like little orbs in the land of dreams without going too much into it. And I was looking for that. It looks almost like a crystal ball and it has like clouds kind of around the side, which gives you an, and, and then a, a little stars and stuff like that in the background. So it's like a nighttime kind of scene. And this thing is kind of like floating in the air. So I was thinking, I, I was thinking it would evoke images of like, you know, Labyrinth and, uh, you know, the never ending story and other movies kind of like of that, of that vein. Uh, that appeals probably to a very, very specific audience, probably people who grew up in the eighties and, uh, remember those films. And for everybody else, they're like, what is that? Yeah. So I think again, you know, that's that, that was part of sort of more like the art deco rocketeer poster where it's going to appeal to a very specific audience and everybody else is going to be like, 
don't really know what that's about. And they may say, oh, that's cool or whatever. Or they may say, that's weird. I don't really, you know, but it's more polarizing. So what I was going to do for this one is this is not a cover for the book necessarily. I guess I guess I could use it for a future edition or something like that. But it's actually for the action figures. And I figured that this would be a, uh, calling it a movie poster because I'm going to make it as a VHS cover. And the action figures are going to go inside. Um, what I'm thinking is that it will be uh, the size and shape of a, uh, a traditional VHS sleeve. And uh, on the front, it'll be the image with all the different pictures. And then on the back will be like a little description. And on the side, it'll have the title. And But it won't be actually a VHS cassette, but I might paint the... I'm thinking styrofoam tray sort of thing that will go inside. I might paint that black. Here's the different things I have on the cover. And I've sketched this quite a while ago and I and I didn't quite finish it because at the time I didn't really know what I was going to do with it. I was like, oh, okay, I'll make a movie poster just for fun. But now I actually have a, a thing to do with it. And uh, so let's see, uh, there's a clock which has 13 hands, which I, I didn't really do in the original book. I've since done uh, uh, subsequent things with that imagery, but uh, I figured yeah, you gotta have that 13th hour, right? Um, I have some of the main characters, right? Right in front and center, there's Logan on, on, uh, on Lightning. There's Aurora in her uh, gray dress. Um, right in the upper left-hand corner, there is my vision of what Alfred probably looked like. Alfred is interesting because I have used Alfred in so many different things, starting from when I was probably about 10 or 12 or something like that. I remember Alfred coming, I used that character, that name in stories I wrote when I was a kid for whatever reason. I don't know. I think I just, you know, uh, I used it. Uh, so in a bunch of school assignments, um, he came out, of course, in the 13th hour. He comes out in the subsequent books. Um, and th there was a little video that I did with uh fellow musician uh jeff finley uh and it was a um it was a it was a song that we did based on some stuff that uh brent simon had uh had, had, had created and uh and you can go back to previous episodes and and see that but it's a uh, he has the song i think on his spotify page it's based on the konami code and um it's a synthwave uh sort of song that uh uh is an ode to that and i did some of the video like the the stills and uh for the the pixel art stills for it that we put all into a video to accompany the uh the music and uh alfred is the person playing the or i envisioned that, that as alfred as an older alfred in 1989 playing an arcade game when he gets sucked into the arcade game in true never-ending story style and uh becomes one of the people from contra <laughs> saving the galaxy so anyway uh that sounds very weird i'm sure if you don't know the video maybe i'll put a, you know what i'll put a link into that in the show notes and you can kind of see it's a couple of minutes so that's alfred i so i alfred has gone through a number of different iterations over uh the over the course of time but um i am sort of this one i'm giving him a traditional 80s bowl haircut and if you don't know what a bowl haircut is it's literally a haircut that you might have gotten if um, your mom might have st stuck a literally a bowl over your head and uh, used that as the 
uh, mold, so to speak, to give you a haircut. So trimming around the edges, and there you go. And this is a, a haircut that a lot of people had. I had one, uh, many people had. If you look at the actor who plays Will in the early seasons of Stranger Things, you have an idea what a bull haircut is. So he gets a traditional bull haircut. He's also, interestingly enough, uh, Alfred has changed. His background story has changed over the years. Um, at this point, um, he has a whole backstory that may come out sometime in the future. It's not hugely uh, central to the plot, but I figured that uh, I would give him some more backstory uh, in the subsequent books um, to fill in a few things. And he is of part Caucasian, part Asian descent, specifically uh, Taiwan, which is actually the, the background that my, uh, my brother and I have, because I figured you might as well write what you know. And so there are not very many characters that, uh, well, none that I can think of that have that particular background. Uh, so why not represent an underrepresented uh, uh, minority group, which is all of those folks who are of mixed racial background. So he's going to have a, um, a sort of uh, ambiguously racially uh, uh, racial looking um, appearance, which uh, usually um, without going into all this kind of stuff, you know, the 80s had some of that, but I figured why not? It's something that I'm doing. Why not highlight uh, I like that particular type of background for everybody who happens to to identify with that. So anyway, that's Alfred. Uh, he's and and he's never got a picture actually in in the book. So this is his first picture, his first depiction of what Alfred actually looked like. There's a dragon, of course. There's a dragon, there's dragon imagery and stuff like that in a 13 hour podcast logo. Uh, and then uh, this one is breathing fire. There's you know dragons that come up throughout the book. There is the one of the bad guys, so to speak, although he's not necessarily as bad as you would expect. Um, Clax, the wizard, uh, clad in black armor. He is, I think, holding a... Is he holding a sword? No, he's not, though he has a flowing cape. Uh, Aurora is holding a trident next to him. And then uh, to Aurora's um, lower left, there are the three wizards. And they also never got pictures, and I figured that they deserved pictures. And then right below Aurora is the king, King Darren. Now, they're probably the true bad guy. Well, you know, taking in mind, uh, you know, oppressive political leaders, uh, narcissistic uh, people, impatient uh, folks in general, um, that was King Darian. Uh, kind of lovable. He's a lovable character in some ways, but he's really full of himself and uh, he meant to, in a more satire, kind of humorous um, way the depiction of him, I thought, but uh, I imagined him looking kind of like a uh, the king from Burger King, I guess, but in a more sinister, more self-absorbed way. And then he, there's a sea serpent uh, to his left, which also, it, they got a slight depiction in the book, but never really a full-on view of what that actually looked like. There's a sea serpent attacking the, the boat that Logan and his his colleagues were on his uh the people on his uh his in his military unit so there uh that's the lower left there's like these little snippets and then in the all the way to the the other side you have like you have clax and logan fighting logan doing a backflip i had to include at least one right off the wall as they uh as they fight in there in one of the 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 last battle scenes and then of course you have the imperial rangers and this came from this is a i did a little pixel art illustration of the imperial rangers for empty hands and this is just a direct uh kind of uh, version of that you have them all there uh what else is there oh there's the the palace in the palace in the winds 
Palace of the Winds is up there in the sky because that is a pretty uh, evocative fantasy kind of um, uh, picture. And then uh, I haven't come up with a particular font or anything like that, but I'm guessing that it will uh, it'll be all across the top. And then in each corner, there's going to be earth, wind, water, and fire, those elements. And I figure that that, that imagery um, and that symbolism should come up there. And in between, it'll be a darker background, like black, I think. Uh, there'll be some planets and stars and things like that. So it's all sketched out. Uh, it's, it's I've started the coloring process. I'm doing it digitally. So that's a whole thing. But uh, yeah, so I'm doing it digitally and I'll be slowly working on that. So by the time I, I started this a while ago and I'll continue working on it uh, a little bit. And hopefully by the time I post this, you actually have a little bit more than what I have right now uh, in terms of the colors. So I'm looking forward to doing that. And that'll be the cover of the action figures. So what I envision for the action figures is that it'll be a tray, basically a styrofoam tray. And I've been saving bits of styrofoam to do this with uh, that I'm going to cut out, hopefully, that you can put the figures in and their accessories in as well and just slide it out and put it back in the uh, the paper sleeve. Um, I like to reduce plastic if I could. A lot of people, when they do custom action figures, they do plastic, which is cool. It's just, I don't really know how to do that. And some of them even do it as a reusable kind of thing with card back and everything like that, which is probably would be the best. I think that requires a special machine. Uh, you can kind of get them to do that unless yeah, yeah, I think you have to have a special machine to kind of like vacuum seal the plastic, I think. the um, Unless you do a one-time kind of thing where you somehow affix the plastic to a piece of cardboard and then in you, you can buy plastic like that and you have to find the right size and everything like that. But I don't know, I don't know if I could do that because I'm pa packaging two figures together. I have Logan and Aurora. How can you have a Logan without Aurora and vice versa? And so with their accessories... I think I could fit it all into the size of a VHS cassette, um, but it would be rather large for a, a card back, I think, um, to fit all the accessories and the figures in. So, so yeah, trying to reduce plastic and uh, trying to make it so that it's reusable um, in a way that you don't have to like tear the plastic off and you know, it won't be attached to the card thing or anymore. Or, you know, if people actually want to use these things and display them or play with them or whatever. So that's, uh, that's all to come. So more updates coming in that direction in the next couple of weeks. What else? There's one other thing I was going to mention. Oh, special edition with actor Billy Campbell with the Rocketeer. You can see that that was by the time this is out, that is also out. That's not a numbered episode. That is just a special edition of, uh, of the episode um, of the podcast where uh, you can actually listen to at least part of the episode and then unlock the rest with a little quiz, which is detailed in the, the show notes of that particular, uh, that particular episode. And if you're on the Patreon, thank you, of course. Uh, and uh, thank you for the Patreon members. You've helped fund all uh, projects that are like this, but you already have access to that. So uh, thank you as always for listening, and I will talk to you guys in the future. Hey, a few last things. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find many more like it on the show's website, 13thhr.wordpress.com as well as on numerous other podcasting platforms like iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. There's often additional material on various places on social media as well, like on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can find links to all these platforms in the show notes for this episode. Sometimes people will ask me, how can they help contribute to the show or other things that I do? And you can, of course, uh, leave a tip over at coffee.com, which is ko-fi.com 
slash 13THHR, which is basically like a virtual tip jar. You can see a link to that in the show notes. But there's a lot of stuff that you can do just that's just for free and stuff that you may be already doing anyway. And so if you have ideas or suggestions, you know, email me. My email address is W-R-I-T-E-J-O-S-H-U-A-B-L-U-M at gmail.com. Also, don't forget, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you currently prefer and share it with your friends, leave a review, uh, listen to music on Bandcamp and Spotify. You know, I hope by conveying some of the creative process on this show, you'll also be inspired to do creative things and follow your own dreams and do whatever it is that brings meaning to your own life. The world really is what you make of it. And at the end of the day, that's what the 13th hour is about. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye.